podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hey, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Eric Morris. We're here on the road, and my guest, I'm actually co-hostless for a moment, um, but my guest is Gerald McCullough. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's pretty close. It's okay. Gerald McCulloch. And oh, this is this is the way that every interview I ever do begins. <laughs> I got the Gerald part right, but the I didn't I didn't uh, it's, it's a hard K it, on McCulloch. I start with a hard G and I end with an ouch. It's O U C H, not O U G H. Ouch. So I always say I start with a hard G and I end with an ouch. I should have let you say it first. Well, I just did. All right. Well, it's still pretty close to the beginning. Gerald so is, is of... someone that I have known not well, but we, I've known for a very long time. Uh, we met years ago in Los Angeles. You were, I believe, involved with the legendary or not so legendary Met Theater. I think that's. Oh my where God! We met. That was really yes. That was so long ago. I know. That's where we that met. Was before my CSI days and <laughs> uh-huh. everything. That was All crazy. That. Yeah. yeah. It was just a journeyman actor. Yes. Buying, selling your wares around town. <laughs> yeah, and we're giving my wares away. Giving them away yes. to the Met Theater. I mean, we, that's a, you know, that was theater. such a beautiful space. That had such crazy. potential, that space. but And it was started, I think, by Ed Harris originally. Uh-huh. And like some really cool people. Yeah. And some, some of those old timers like Martin Cove and stuff were still there. You know, he's having quite the renaissance being in, he's in Quentin Tarantino's movie That was right a now. very good French pronunciation of renaissance. <laughs> renaissance. Thank you, Gerald. I can't pronounce <laughs> things if I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you were working, like, with friends of mine. Actually, you know, you were working with my usual co-host, Doug Budin. That's how I know Doug, yes, Randall exactly. Rapstein yes, uh-huh. And Clarinda Ross. And oh, my God. Clinda, Clarinda, I know, actually, from Atlanta. I began my career in Atlanta many, okay. many, many moons ago. I worked with um, her. Yeah. And uh, so these were a lot of people, they were my, my friends, and I ended up uh, producing a play that Doug and Randall wrote called Common Knowledge, um, which we then put up at the Lillian Theater. Uh, but they, it had started at something at the Met. Um, and then I think Randall became the artistic director of the Met. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. But you, so that, you know, you, okay, you started your career in Atlanta. Where are you from originally? You know, I never really answered that question. Okay. I spent my whole life moving about every two years. Uh-huh. My dad worked for IBM. I, I'm hearing which, witness protection program. Yes. <laughs> IBM actually stands for I've Been Moved. Yes. pronunciation. Yes, exactly. Gerald McCulloch. Yes. Gerald McCulloch. Very good. We can just say that for an hour. <laughs> just let everyone learn yeah, how to say it, my it name. Yeah, scintillating radio. It's how every Internet. interview I did, how every interview I do begins. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Terry Gross did it. I met Terry Gross. Good. And we did talk about my name. See? I love it. The first five minutes we talked, I was like, I've got to do this all the time. She's like, I bet you do. I was like, we're doing it now. Anyway. um, All right. So so you you started your career in Atlanta. Did you go? Kind of, sort of. Did you go to acting school? I did. um, I started working professionally when I was in high school in Atlanta. Okay. You know, Atlanta has become such a huge, huge, huge market. And I, having moved around America a lot growing up, I moved to Atlanta when I was a junior in high school. Okay. And luckily I started, um, I caught... I hear the South in It you. comes out when I, <laughs> when I talk, when I have a cocktail, it comes out. Well, we, um, we often have a cocktail. I'm having a leftover you cocktail are right leftover. now. I'm not having a cocktail on the air um, or on the podcast. So uh, the Atlanta market treated me well even when I was in high school and I started... Working and through that, I got a scholarship. Was it mostly on stage at the time? I did a lot of commercials. Wow. I was a huge yeah. commercial actor for many, many, they many, shoot many, many so years. much at Atlanta. I mean, it's huge. They do, and especially now. In the heat of the night, was down there, and a few movie the. Clarinda worked on that. Uh huh. We all did. The whole Atlanta. <laughs> and it had a few equity theaters. I got my equity card in Atlanta. I got my SAG card in Atlanta. Mm. Anyway, uh, when I was in high school, through working. I got connected or auditioned for the musical theater department, the BFA musical theater department at FSU. I got a scholarship. I, that kind of took me to Florida State for a year and a half. Okay. Um, I got in a really bad car wreck and okay. had to stop school. Um, I was in a coma. It was a huge ordeal. But after I recovered from the car wreck, mm-hmm. um, my career kind of picked back up in Atlanta. So I ended up putting myself 
through school in Atlanta at Georgia State, uh, modeling and doing a lot of commercials and TV work. Because you're just good, Gerald. That's very <laughs> sweet. I think I had a look that was very hot for a while. Um, Still is, baby. Well, thank you. That's you, very you've sweet. Aged into aging is the, not uh, for pussies. It is not easy. Getting older is a pain in the fucking into ass. A really good look. I mean, well, that's very you know, nice. he made a movie called Daddy. Not for you know. It's it's uh, not it's for apt. nothing. It's apt. Yeah. Thank you. That's sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I graduated from Georgia State um, and then moved mm. to New York City and lived here for three years or actually two years and my career just continued to grow and then after I did played Jesus and the European tour of superstar then work brought me to LA and I was just I lucky never to heard you sing that's interesting yeah you know it's funny I was just doing an interview earlier today yeah and they're asking me about that because after I did Jesus and superstar my career just went down a different path right and you have to be really good obviously to, to like tour playing that role it's it's not it's a difficult role to sing. It's a yeah, but um, a, such it's a great beautiful, yeah, it's a it's, great music. It was a great experience, and if I was yeah. going to go to go out with a musical, that was the one to go out with. Yeah, um, but yeah, my career what just about coming back in to musicals. It would be it's nice. Time. It would be nice. I, that's just not been you know. I would love to. It hasn't been where my career path has gone. No, it hasn't. But um, it always could. It always could. I mean, you could play the father or, you know, someone in some some musical. I could. I could. You know, you I, live here in New York. I do live here in New York. Not far from Broadway. You know people. The Broadway. The Broadway. You know people on the Broadway stage. I do know people on the Broadway stage. <laughs> but even I think even, you know, business-wise, um, when that was more of a possibility for me, I think that, you know, I was on CSI for 10 years and I yeah. did the last... Season of Melrose Place into the last season of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. I think my career was just going in a totally. in a way and that my agents weren't really going. yeah, and, and my I, agents weren't that receptive to like let's take him out of this and put him in theater where he'll make really, no money exactly. And you have to really be in the mix. Like you know, I I saw Mean Girls last night just because people I was traveling with wanted to go see it. Would probably wouldn't have been my first choice, but I loved it. I had a great time, and I noticed that my friend Jennifer Simard is in it who is Tony nominated for Disaster and she was just in Hello Dolly and mm -hmm. I worked with her like 25 years ago on a television show but she's been in the mix you know she was like she was originated I love you you're perfect now change uh -huh, yeah. um, and then just works all the time yes, in that direction. oh what? well oh my hello God. you know we, this, we haven't done this before but now we have yeah. a little surprise pop in Five shots for the price of four. <laughs> <laughs> of tequila. So y'all, the way to drink tequila is with lemon on the rocks look with lemons. Many, look how many so she has I'm brought me a bunch of lemons <laughs> and some ice as I burp. I used to do this with my with my with my lane manager who I miss very much, but I, he loved making lemon drops, and I go to, to Ralph's to do his like um, shopping. Shopping. And, um, and he'd Shopping. be like, can you get me a dozen lemons? And every time I'd be like, no, oh, I managed to get 15 for a dozen. Because they always go like, how many? And I'm like, 11. And I'm like, how many? 12. And I'm like, oh, and it's actually 17 or whatever. Actually. And I kept, kept pushing the envelope. Sorry, Ralphs. Georgie is, Georgie is very good at getting extra things for free. That's true. This time I didn't even ask. She was like, I'm giving you five. <laughs> I'm Mind you, they're twenty dollars a piece at this hotel. <laughs> these shots. Yeah, I, I didn't even look at. Doesn't matter. Uh, yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're sponsored by. You can just sign away. We're sponsored, sponsored by, by tequila. Thank lemons. you. <laughs> just Thank a blanket. A blanket alcohol. It's paying for itself. Thank you. <laughs> I have squeezed the. Well, let's squeeze some more. Squeeze the shit out of him. So what did I interrupt? What were you talking about? Well, we were talking about Gerald's career and how to pronounce his first and last name, Gerald McCulloch. That's very good. <laughs> I'm dating someone right now that, like, I still go, oh, so your last name is McCulloch. <laughs> I still can't say it. <laughs> yeah, and you, oh, gosh, and you, you, you know, merciless, mercilessly teased me about how getting your name wrong, but it's Leahy. No, Georgie I didn't Leahy. tease you. I let you get away with it for a while. It's when did. the mother got here that yeah. she had to... She wasn't to, having it. The mother. The mother. The mother. She the mother. Just like it. the weed. The, the matriarch. <laughs> yes, the mother. The weed. The weed. <laughs> the weed. <laughs> no, I actually, can't do the weed. I can do the weed, and I 
we were talking about. I'm a fan um, of the weed. We we were talking about Mean Girls actually a little bit because we're talking about working in the theater. He was in a tour of um, of Jesus Christ Superstar playing Jesus um, in his youth. <laughs> when when when? I uh, how youthful his were long you? Ago you. My I love, my, oh, ow. I, I now Tim, I'm leaving. I saw, I saw Tim mentioning that. I loved it. I saw Tim mentioning that, like the, the big one in, in London when it was like at the O2. I did the something. European tour. Uh, we didn't do London, but well, and then you. But were, I think at that time then there you was, didn't do Europe, did, did you? Did you do Poland? Did not do Poland. Did, okay. no. France. Yeah. Spain. Yeah, France, Italy, Germany. That's, that's, that's Europe. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Did it, played them. That's know all amazing. About it. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? How how can you live up to Jesus? I gotta tell you, one. did you ever see the movie A Chorus Line? Of course. Of course. Yes. Yamil uh, Borges, who played Diana Morales, who sang What I Did For Love and Nothing. Wait, who? Uh, Yamil Borges, okay. that's her name. Okay. She was my Mary Magdalene. So to have her sing I Don't Know How to Love Him every night, eight times a week to me, that was worth that alone. To lay in her lap and have her that beautiful voice, that voice is like honey. Oh, you're laying in her lap and she's just singing right, so it's right. You're right. Playing with my wig. Playing Uh, with my wig. That's my favorite song. What's that on your head? A wig? (laughs) That is my favorite song, I think. Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, it just like tingles. And it was my first experience in Europe. It was the first thing that brought me to Europe. Wow. So you hadn't even been? I had not, not been. I was wow. a mere 24-year-old child. Jesus brought you to Europe. 23-year-old child. I think really... I turned 24 on that tour. It was from 23 to 24. Amazing. You've had a really, you know, you've had a good life. Thank what, you. What, <laughs> what training? Did you talk about that we already? We did a little was, bit. Oh, you already a little did bit. that, so we don't have to talk about but that. But he started out in, in high school. He started working in Atlanta. Um, and was on the stage doing a lot of commercials. You don't have to fill me in. You I can just listen they've to already the listened. podcast. Oh like, my God. Oh no, I can yeah. listen to the podcast. It's fine. That's right. Yes, we, I, I, just I, I could have just said, we've covered it. We've covered it. <laughs> That's what you should say. We're, we're still learning, guys. Sorry. We're new yeah, to we're not there. pros. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Amazing, I love it. Cheers, y'all. I'm going to have a sip of this yes, tequila, I I hard G style, <laughs> which is tequila on the rocks with three lemons squeezed in there. I know, Yummy. and I just brought one giant glass because I couldn't hold any more. So Taste that. This is what we do. You were so kind mm. to do that. Thank you, Georgie. We did miss you. You paid for it. But so you're back. <laughs> it, it needs more ice, though. It needs more ice. It needs we a lot more ice. lots more of ice. ice, but there's also that ice. I was a raw foodist for about a year, and when I was in Hawaii on a gig... Another raw foodist taught me to drink tequila, that it's much better, for a, a good tequila. Much better for your body than um, other liquors. And it has I, a different I sugar have, content. I have just Not only weirdly, your body, but yeah. for your, your, mind, your mind as well. Apparently it's the only upper of, of the... Yeah. And it has a bad rap because people always do shitty margaritas with a lot of sugar in it. And that's what gives you the really bad hangover and gets you so effed up. I have switched to tequila. But a nice Blanco tequila on the rocks with three lemons. Y'all, that's called tequila hard G style. Hard G style. Hard G style. Hard G style. Now, you know what? We're learning things. In England, we don't really have tequila. Well, we do. You do when I'm there. We don't have the good, we don't have good tequila. It's just like, Let's have a tequila shot to like fuck each other up. You but it's can not probably like... find Patron. And my dad, my dad has Casa some. Amigos. What's the okay. no? Clooney no, sends it there. Clooney sends it there. Clooney, will you please send some there? Because you're not clearly right now. Um, no, they have the that that beer that tastes like tequila. What's the tequila beer? That's pointless. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. No but thanks. um, but yeah, tequila is is the is the drink of choice. But it was only until I moved to America. And my friend Kristen, different Kristen, mm-hmm. she introduced me to it and, and then I became that. But I can't well, drink it in the morning, so I have to have vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I try to avoid morning drinking. Oh, you do? Just morning no, tequila. I just Obviously, like she's very specific I, with it. Yeah, <laughs> I just like the left, whatever I've left over from the night before when I fell asleep, I like to drink it. This is well, the sound of ice going into the tequila. There were drinks 
scattered about. There are drinks. I'm using my hands. Do you don't mind? We uh, don't mind. No, no, I think you're very feel, clean. And if you're not, yes. I like it. Me, the New Yorker who's just on the subway <laughs> touching that railing that everyone's touched all day long. It's sliding. I know, that's right. It kills everything in there. Yeah, it's killing us. It will kill us. Killing me softly. It's killing you softly. See, now taste that. This is a good fucking. Right, Excuse we've, we've me. You guys this are is, loving this. this. <laughs> I know. So what were you guys talking about? Well, no, well, we'll, get, we'll get back. Really to really interrupted. No, we, we were Christ talking about Gerald's career, and we were talking about the difference between thereof. going into theater and and I was talking <laughs> like about. I love that he's being self-deprecating, <laughs> but he's look no, at his IMDb. I couldn't yeah. even look at the whole thing. No, for I, so oh, long. I have a friend, you know, who's like I'll say similarly accomplished, but you know, who will say something like, you know. Like, oh, you know, have you worked? And he's always like, go to my IMDb page and pack a lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's yeah. a lot there, you know. And um, no, I mean, Ger- Gerald. Oh, Gerald. Duh, duh. I'm just, the hard G tequila is making me mispronounce your name. The hard G. Eric is no longer allowed to touch our glass. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, fine. But no, so um, I think um, to interrupt. Yeah. Um, just to do what you love your whole life. Is that have you done that or have you had yeah, have I'm you very, ever had any intermissions lucky. where you decided to quit or give up or anything? Have you always just done It's definitely a crazy Like obviously road. You have, yeah. yeah. Crazy road. It's really hard. And it was you know, it's different when you're younger and you're living this crazy life as an artist, you know, when all your friends are figuring out what they want to do and Going so back you to school, don't feel and, as much yeah, and it's like, oh, well. yeah, huh? look at me, I'm making money, I'm doing, I'm traveling the world, it's, yeah. And then the older you get, when you're still doing that, when I, you know, I still live, you know, job to job to job, and you know, it's, it's you don't necessarily know where your next, you know, paycheck is coming from. Right? I know, yeah, and or everyone, what, yeah, yeah, everyone always says that to me. They're like, they're like, don't you just, you know, like miss stability? And I'm like, I've never fucking had it. Yeah. Well, you can't miss something you've never had, you know. And I like been. Um, a performer or working in that world since I was five. Obviously, I didn't have to work all that time. I did have parents, but yes. <laughs> but still, I've never and I've never had a moment where I even thought I've never thought about quitting. Right. I've definitely struggled. I've lived off the ninety nine cent store and whatever, but I've always just continued to do what I do. And um, and That's I think very I think it's brave. I think it's a, not everyone yeah, can do that. It's it's brave, but it's. Also, and you've said it before in podcasts that like, if you can think of doing something else, then you shouldn't be doing it. Like, it, like this is what we're meant to do, and you've managed to like. Yeah, and do... I think I think longevity in this career, you know, takes a certain amount of business acumen, I guess. You know, because you really are. It really does evolve where you are running your own business, and your yeah. business is you, and um, and that can be exhausting. You know, you you've got to learn to treat yourself well as a business person also, yeah, to enjoy the ride. And you can't, like, like there's no, um, apart from, um, what is it when you get paid when shows are on? What's the residuals. residuals. Apart from residuals, you don't get paid unless you're working. Like, that's the thing. It's exactly. Not, so you and have I'm to, very grateful for no, residuals. Like, yeah. That is, uh, I, can, I yeah. keep getting residual <laughs> paychecks for, like, 37 cents. Oh, I'm yeah. so grateful for. Thank you. <laughs> and the days when they weren't direct deposited, you know, they'd all come in the same check. You know, they'd all come, the envelope always looked the same. So you're always like, oh no, is this going to be like a three cent residual or is this going to be like a three thousand dollar residual? Yeah. What is this? And you, you open up yeah, like, you oh motherfucker, seven cents! I so <laughs> wanted it to be the, I wanted the decimal point to be over like three or four places. You would have saved I'm my going, life today. I know, but yeah, now, now, I can't I even can go to the nine cent store with this. <laughs> exactly. I can, I can, I can, I can buy a yeah. piece. Of, of a ninety nine cent yeah. item. <laughs> That's right. I can buy a sliver of. A uh, Halloween candy yeah. from three years ago <laughs> that's on aisle seven. I can bag. buy one of the candy corns in that bag of candy corns. <laughs> and they I'll won't give one, it to you until that's, you get your next residual In check. July. <laughs> Will you take a check? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you take part of my check. Can I, sign, can I endorse this check over to you? Yes. 99 cent store. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> Please payable to 99 cent store on Fairfax. But you something that's really smart, Gerald, I think. You know, just in the... Did he say you Eventually, I think you have to create your own opportunities, and you do that by writing, directing. Um, you are 
you know, you wrote and directed a film called Daddy. I did. Which I, I did not write that film. Oh, you didn't write it. No, I directed it. You directed it. Oh, yeah. apologies. Okay. So, but you directed it mm-hmm. and starred in it. Yes. Cast yourself. Um, <laughs> you're perfect for the role. Well, you're that's, really good there's a, that's very sweet. You're very good at it. I'm very proud of I that film. I don't remember where I saw it. I, I think you came to one of our test screenings. Yeah, I did. You invited me. Yeah. That's right. So you never saw the finished movie. You saw uh, one of the rough cuts. I gave you notes. You did give did us notes. Did it get better? I, well, did you take Are you notes? saying it was bad initially? No, I loved it. That was a little cunty. No, no. I, <laughs> did it get better? Cunty, did you take I'm leaving now. Did you take my advice? I took everyone's advice. I mean, yeah, that's, no, I, that's I, what I love about filmmaking. Is it's you, very I, collaborative. I love the film. I thought it was very I'm very proud of that film. And it was, it was provocative and sexy and interesting. I just thought it was very, very well done. You're right. I had... Now that I now that you mentioned that, I did see a test screening, so it wasn't completely finished. Like, how didn't did, maybe have all the final music. I don't think or it had something. the soundtrack. Or yeah, it wasn't color corrected. How did, I mean, how did the so film take find you? Because you finished it. How did that? Well, begin? him speaking about kind of me finding ways to tell my own stories while I'm, you know, acting has always been my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. Which is amazing. I just like stop for a minute. How lucky you are to have like something you love to be your bread and butter. Oh, thank like, you. Yeah, and, I, I and I do that for myself. Like I, I, sometimes when I'm having like days where I'm like, oh my God, like, I, like I'm feeding my cats but I can't feed myself. <laughs> I'm like, I step outside myself and I'm like, I'm still... Was that a euphemism? I'm still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeding my pussy but not myself. Oh like, my God. <laughs> my mom is not listening to this one. You went all, yeah, you're oh, not going to send her this Always way. go all this. We but can yeah, cut so, that bit out, it's fine. But no, it's like I step outside myself to be like, I'm, I'm still doing what I love even yeah, if I'm trying which, uh, to I'm do very, it. I'm so, very lucky. So that... That, that your craft is your bread and butter, that's beautiful. So sorry, go back right. to your... So yeah, so about my third season of CSI, after seeing a lot of directors, first-time directors come on the set, I realized, like, I've been on a lot more sets than these directors have who are directing this TV show. Or same with independent films. You go on a you can, film and it's their first... You can learn so much. Like, especially if you're, if you're on, a, a te- uh, like, a television show for a while... And you start talking to people about like what the different departments do, and or just yeah, observe. I just, I just observe. would not. I would never stay in my trailer. I was always on set. I was always yeah. watching people, and I'm like, this is the best education right here. And he, so, Peter about Page th- said the same thing to me. You, you know, Peter. Yeah, I did a, he, very well. Some last week at the Moulin Rouge opening. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. So he's. Oh, I really want to see he, that. He's like a very that. you know, he's a good old friend of mine, and we had him on the podcast, and we we were talking about like. When he was on Queer as Folk for five years, it was like a very well-paid film school for him. It's yeah, you know, and it's the same thing. With, I love uh, the, with yeah. CSI for you. And same with the whole independent film world. You know, I've done a lot of indies, and sometimes you and the scripts are great, and it's a great experience. But sometimes you realize, you know, in the middle of production, like, oh, this this is this director's first film. Right. They don't they don't know really how to run a set, which I'm not judging them at all. Right. But I got to a point where I realized, like, wait, I know what set life is. Like, I know how to do this. So about my third season of CSI, you know, I had done, I had been working kind of consistently through my college years. Um, I wrote a short film that did very well, and, you know, it, it kind of introduced me to the worldwide film festival mm-hmm. circuit, mm-hmm. Which, I, wrote, which I've always wrote and you I wrote and directed and, and cast in myself it. in wow. a short film called The Moment After that did really well and kind of introduced me, as I said, to the film festival um, circuit, which I'd still love. I mean, to me, there's nothing like that circuit where it you see so... It filmmakers and allows things to happen. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, you and know? you see so... You're exposed to so many stories, especially documentaries, now yeah. that I've become more yeah, of a documentary filmmaker. Yeah, it's overwhelming when you like... Yeah, and you get to see so, so many stories that never find their audience, that never find their voice. And when you travel with these film festivals... You get to meet the people whose stories are reflected in these films yeah. and the filmmakers are making, and it's just it's in, you know, it's and I've, beautiful. It's yeah, and I've been lucky to have, you know, there was a for seven years, I had four films back to back in the film festival circuit. So I stayed on the circuit for wow. seven years, and I got to travel the world nonstop. I mean, I would come back and, you know, have jobs uh, that paid the bills, right? right. For you you to pay the rent, yeah. But as far as you know, meeting other filmmakers and learning the whole world of filmmaking and of independent films and seeing stories that are, you know, worthy of being told that just don't find the audience. There's nothing like... Was uh, Daddy your first narrative feature? Daddy was my first narrative feature, yes. So after I made my short film and got kind of introduced into the world of independent filmmaking and, and the film festival circuit, 
I was always looking for my next project, mm-hmm. but CSI kept me rather busy. Yeah. And so um, during hiatus, I would always come to New York from LA and luckily would get cast in an off-Broadway show. And so I'd always spend my hiatus doing theater in New York. Right. And each show I did, I opted the rights for. Oh. Um, wow. I would always, you know, you know I, I, that's how I could find stories that from new writers. Uh, and that's Daddy so, was a play so I got clever. cast in. Wow. Um, oh, as the lead. Yeah. I, okay. got, I came here for hiatus one year and I got cast in a beautiful play called Dally, Daddy. Daddy? Daddy. <laughs> and I remember reading that play and like, where is this story going? Yeah. And then it's when shocking. the truth comes out, I lost my shit. I mean, I remember, I I can visually see this. I mean, I remember reading that in my apartment and bawling my eyes out like, oh my God, this guy's life, you know, and... um, Is it based on a true story? It's not based on a true story. Dan Vaya, who is... It's been out a long time. We could could say this. Three years ago. It was about three years ago. I don't want to give it away. No, 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 okay, no. We won't. We won't. Everyone watch it. So, but how? It's, a, it's sorry, really wonderful. So well. And how Thank do you? How do you opt the rights for things? How does that work? Well, you contact the agent of the. No, I, w- I mean I'd be, you know, it's a I mean, in you're plays. In the play. You're in the place. You're working with the writer. They're writing you new material. Yeah. At that point, CSI was such a hot commodity, that it would. I would just say, I love the story. Can we option this? And it's just a contract, and it's you know you option it. So you know, I'm, for I'm asking. Hundred dollars. I would pay hundred dollars for the year. Or uh, yeah. not pay. I'm just asking as a, a human that's like I'm like well, I, I'm a, just I'm I'm an artist and I, my brain doesn't work in business. It's, yeah, it's so easy so now with social media. You can find understand. anybody now. It's yeah. something that I do. I option material, and you know sometimes it's hard to track down the rights of something, and you know sometimes yeah. they're complicated. But you know if you you can. It depends on how accessible they are, or how like well known the material is. But you know you can always and how quickly something. from the theater show did you well um during my csi years or as those kind of waned i got cast in a franchise of films called bear city which is kind of the gay sex in the city i was the samantha role it's very funny i've seen yeah yeah so the bear cities did very well as well and so as i was who made that was that wolf doug langway no tla initially and then they were independently financed and produced great doug langway is the creator I always director. joke about it because I always thought I was Carrie. I'm like, I'm Carrie. Like, <laughs> one day I woke up and I was like, when did I become Samantha? <laughs> you definitely have. Mm-hmm. Way more so than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But Bear City, you know, there were three of those. The Bear City trilogy. Yeah. Um, so, as I left CSI, I moved into the Bear City world and then was still doing plays in New York. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. About it? It's interesting. It just occurred to me. Um, did you have agents or anyone that advised when you were on CSI advised you against doing Bear City? No, do you know that I actually had I had an agent because I actually passed on Bear City when it first came my way. Um, I just didn't think that I was the right person that they were looking for. Right. Um, And it was offered to you or the audition? I I auditioned and got a call back and you know. Right. So and got to the end, and, and then yeah. the director took me out to dinner and said, "This is my vision with this, you know, because I'm not what you know, the nomenclature is." No, yeah, I could, <laughs> I could, but I'm not what one would think of when Which they think I of a bear. I will do right now, but we've only got but one. We only drink have one drink, and we have a computer there. <laughs> exactly. That. But Doug convinced me that he wanted to show the variety of of this group of friends, and that not everyone has to be a big bulky bear, and he and he. Yeah, the bear community is, is diverse. Very diverse. Size, and he wanted to show that visually. Size as well. Yes. Know. And age wise. Yeah, well, yeah. And so he kind of tailored the role of Roger to my castability. Okay. And that, you know, movie not only created such a great family unit with all of us actors, but again took us all over the world with the film festival circuit. I'm know. just hoping that um, that we've reached a point, I don't know if we have, you know, where People aren't like it's great that you did that, and and no one should dissuade you from it. But like I think there was a time when people would have said like there was you're a time. on mainstream there... television, you know you're on you're on a network series, you can't do this independent, you know, uh, film with gay sex in it, you know, like uh, no. And, but it's good and that that actually on. happened, you know. But however, it was it was the exact opposite. I was the one that said, you know, do I want to do this? My agent said, get out of this CSI Box. hole that you're in. Yeah. Do something that is completely different than that. And I did, and I never looked back. I mean, that that Bear City, I'm lucky enough to have had a few projects in my life that have 
been rather prominent. Yeah. Um, you know, CSI, I will never be able to compare that to anything. But Bear City, you know, really became a, kind of a beacon in independent filmmaking for at least the, the niche LGBT market for a while. Absolutely. And I was so glad to be part of that. And I got to It's something that had travel two sequels, and, you know. And, yeah. And, um, it, so it's obviously successful. And Doug Langway, the creator of that, you know, really became a mentor of mine as far as filmmaking. He really showed me how to be... Um, economically very savvy, especially right. now the way that so but, much is like at not our hands. ordering expensive tequila shots. Just, yeah, even though you get one for free. <laughs> um, but I learned, you know, and and so with CSI and my other TV work and the independent films I would do, it kept me very busy. That Daddy trying to make Daddy into a movie just did take longer than I wanted it to, but I couldn't say no to these other jobs that were coming my way. Right. So when Daddy closed in New York, um, I went away to film Bear City, and or I think I just filmed Bear City, and then Daddy opened in New York. I can't remember, but then I'm, I brought Daddy to L.A. as a play because I had to be back in L.A. for CSI. So we did oh, okay. Daddy at the Hudson, Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Actually, George, um, you just did a show at the Hudson. Yeah. And so during that time is when Dan Vaya, who was my co-star and also the writer and creator of Daddy, uh, that we started working on my desire for this to be a feature film and that I wanted to script at a certain time. And, and yeah, luckily that happened and it was a so script that I was So you developed it with him? Like he wrote, turn he wrote everything, but yeah, I certainly went through... The process of saying, with the other writers I've worked with as well, yeah. you know, there's certain books that I think are really great, um, kind of touchstones for a writer that show you just certain formulas of a well-written script, right? And yeah. how to open it up, and how to open it up, and yeah, yeah. and, and it, yeah, and Daddy was a three-person, a three-character play in two locations, mm. and I was like, our journey is to flesh this out, and I, I feel like when people see the movie Daddy. You can't tell that it was based off of a three-person play in two, in two locations. I, I feel like we really fleshed... You fleshed, opened it up. Fleshed, not flesh. Yeah. Yeah, and that was my goal. You know, filmmaking is a visual media art form, and I had to tell the story visually. And plays are a, a you know, a spoken yeah. um, art form yeah. of storytelling. Yeah, I mean, the... the, the uh, that's one thing that I, when I've worked with, um, you know, filmmaker screenwriters, you know, maybe adapting a novel or, um, this is the or sound of tequila being consumed. <laughs> yes. Um, I always emphasize, you don't know who's, like, who's drinking it? Re- just remember, like, it, it's film. Can Show be it, don't say it. Visual. Show it, don't say it. Show it, don't you say it. Don't need lines at times. You know, just like I love a wordless scene that oh, um, yeah. that tells it's you so something powerful, crucial. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's something you can only do, it, you know, on film. Yeah. You know, or... But and plus, like, you know... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just like, like, I was thinking of, like, Closer, the movie. Watching I love it, Closer. I love I'm, it. I'm, like, That's a film I, I've I, dissected a lot. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I watch it all the time. And, like, the scenes and the characters. And I also, like, the honesty Also of, based like, off of a play, though. That, no, this is what I was yeah. getting to. So, like, I, like... The performances and everything are so amazing. And, and, and I love that it's actually... Because I'm such an optimist, like we were laughing about earlier, um, that it shows like actually sometimes love is fucked and you just like destroy each other, or whatever. But watching the movie, I was like, I know that this was a play. And I didn't know, and I remember saying it to my mom. My mom saw the like original play yeah. in London, I, and then Nicole I Kidman. just I saw it with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, my mom uh-huh. did too. Mm-hmm. My mom did too. She was naked and did all the mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And um and and then. Last week I saw To Kill a Mockingbird, which is obviously a book, movie, and then they made it into a play, and they just did like yeah, this uh, yeah. amazing well, again, job. I think the power of story. That, and is... it, yeah, and just like in, intertwining everything, and and I'm like this is why I like like most of the time we just talk in this podcast like to get to know more about everyone's what they've been through in their life and their career and everything. But I'm also just really inspired because I feel like I'm getting to a place where I'm, I'm like right now I want like I'm doing a short film that I wanna that I'm directing and starring and stuff, but I'm so overwhelmed by it. At first I was like, oh it's fine. I know all these people. Everyone said yes. All the actors said yes. It's great. I've got locations. And then suddenly I was like, 
oh wait, now I have to do it. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's, it's freaking out. me out, but I'm also meeting all these people that have done it and it's really inspiring. And um, so it's like, it's nice to hear about. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly happen. a lot of work to champ to find a story and champion it, you know, from New York stage to LA stage into the script writing process yeah. into production into post production. Take it to LA. Oh, um, wow. You know, yeah, and, 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 and the and everything. The, just... the you know, Daddy has a unexpected third act, and part of that is very visual. But as a director, you know, I had to make that unexpected twist justifiable. Like there had to be. It, it could just come out of the blue. Right. Where did you shoot it? We shot all that in L.A. You know, it's set in Pittsburgh. We, my DP... I didn't, didn't look like L.A. I know, because it had to look like Pittsburgh. You know, visually I was very specific with... Yeah. You know... Um, and how many days did you have? We shot 13 days in L.A. Mm. And then the writer, my co-star, Dan Vaya, and I, and my DP, uh, Svetlana Svetka flew to Pittsburgh the night that we wrapped. We actually didn't catch a scene. We had to, you know, it's so hard to put everything into your shooting schedule. And we weren't able to shoot three scenes. And one of them was a bar scene. So we shot the wrap party, which is in the movie. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a, some B-roll stuff, but it's crucial to the evolution of the protagonist, the person I play in the, sh- in the story. And then after we that wrap party, we got up the next morning, flew to Pittsburgh for two days and one night. And we shot, uh, in the process of changing the script, which used to have a lot of exterior stuff in Pittsburgh with dialogue. I was like, we need to cut all dialogue. I don't want any sound. I don't want to have to have a sound team in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, just make it MLS. Just, yeah. So there was no dialogue in Pittsburgh. Um, we went there and for a day... For two days and one night, we just shot nonstop. Dan and Savetlana and me. Wow. And I. And me. And I. Uh, I think it's and I. I. And I shot. And luckily, you know, the story takes place over a year. And I, as a director, needed to show that year through changes in climate. <laughs> and when we were shooting in, in LA. Days. In two days. And when we were <laughs> in is, LA. Which just made me realize that I'm hot here. Can we put the air conditioning yeah, on? Yes, let's put it back on. Let's put it back <laughs> on. No, don't. No, we're in well, the Carry on. Um, okay. <laughs> and so while we were shooting in LA, I kept watching the weather forecast for Pittsburgh. And we were shooting in March. And I kept watching it get hot, warmer and warmer in Pittsburgh. And it had been snowing when we first started shooting in LA. And I watched it getting warmer. It I'm like, the snow's going to melt. Oh, it's snowing in Pittsburgh. Snowing in Pittsburgh. I was like, snowing in LA? What? Sh- no, we were shooting in LA. <laughs> Send someone else with a camera right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, so when we flew out, the weather yeah. had changed. It was going to be sunny skies for three days. I was like, fuck. Uh, we missed the weather. And crazy enough, one day we were shooting. The weather completely changed. It started snowing, these huge, beautiful snowflakes. Oh, amazing. I was like, and then after that, it rained. And so I was like, we got it. We got all of our okay. fucking seasons oh in two days and one. So yeah, so Daddy like was the filmed. the universe giving you a gift. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so Daddy was filmed in L.A. But it was very important that L.A. did not look like L.A. It you know, to me, Pittsburgh is kind of a dead end for these characters. Yeah. So I didn't want to see any nature. I wanted it all to be... Kind it's of stark. Very industrial. And, yeah, very industrial it's and very, very no life. Yeah. And then... One of the characters does move to LA, does move to where the sunshine is, does move to the West Coast where there's more color. So then I feel like that's when color's introduced, is when the story goes to the West Coast. Yeah. So um, to find parts of LA that weren't sunny and beautiful and that looked very industrial was a challenge as well. So that came out three years ago. That came out three years ago, it did. Okay. Which. Now you're now making a documentary. My second, well, my third feature documentary. Okay, so what. Tell us about your other two. Daddy uh, was dis- distributed by Breaking Glass Pictures. Right. And did very well. I'm very proud of that journey. I'm proud of my relationship that began with Breaking Glass Pictures. And after they saw Daddy, Daddy had its, I guess, you know, industry screening during Cannes. And that's mm-hmm. when Breaking Glass expressed did interest. Did you go to Cannes? I did not go to Cannes. It was a, our sales agent's. Yeah, I, I've been. I've still um, never been. That's a dream. I, I've been like maybe five times. It's amazing. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't get to go. Right, I wish off. I could have. But I was, another time. I was busy time. with CSI, so I couldn't travel with that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's where my relationship with Breaking Glass Pictures began, and they said, "What else do you have?" And I said, "Well," and when my short film I talked about a while ago, when yeah. the moment after did really well, and I was 
you know, brought to a lot of places for that screening. And one of those places was the Atlanta Film Festival, which is a, you know, great film festival. And I sure. started my career in Atlanta. I'm like, oh, that's amazing to go back there Homecoming. and show this, you know, short film I made. And that night at the Atlanta premiere, my younger sister took me to an all-male, all-nude gay strip club. Mm. And I had no idea those things ever existed. Um, and I was like, go. what have I walked into? <laughs> and that night I met one of the dancers, a guy named Steven. Okay. And he's like, why are you here? I'm like, I'm a filmmaker. And he's like, you're on CSI, aren't you? I was like, I am. You know, and I said, but, and he said, look, this is a movie to be made right here. Like, I should introduce you to some of the guys. I said, I'd be into that. So <laughs> I started, I started making it. Oh, no, sorry. I don't want to I see. I started, I made a short little <laughs> teaser to, as a pitch for a reality series about the strip club. And I told Breaking Glass that I had this project. I was kind of, I was on the back burner. Yeah. And they're like. We want that. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I shot it three years ago and, you know, and a lot's changed. And they said, can you make your footage into a, into a feature documentary? I'm like, I don't know. I might have to go and do some extra shoots. They're like, we'll do it. So they, op- they optioned that. And around That's that time I had left CSI. And so I moved to Atlanta to kind of do a lot of pickup shoots for this. And while I was in Atlanta... I was actually finishing the sound for Daddy okay. because they saw a rough cut in Cannes and I still had some, you know, sound perfection to do. Perfecting. Um, and so, yeah. So then while I was finishing Daddy, I was actually shooting content for a film that became a film called All Male, All Nude that is released, that's out everywhere, that's done very well for Breaking Glass. I think it's become their top-selling film. And amazing. As wow. that, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's and actually it a very sweet documentary. It's a, a very sequel. It now has a sequel. Yes. Yeah, so for the last year, I have been down in Fort Lauderdale filming a sequel to that. Uh, About the, a strip club there. The guy that is one of my characters. If you need an assistant. It's done. It comes out next month. <laughs> so for the for the uh, part three. <laughs> part, well, part three is not going to happen. But no? How um, about Iowa. <laughs> it's actually uh, on its way to becoming a documentary series. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 So it's very exciting. How about Sweden? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the way that began is that one of the one of the characters I follow in the first film in All Male, All New. I could get behind this was series. My, yeah. Like it. It's it's very I good. I think you might fund it. No, that's all right. I don't mind that at all. I think it's funded, but I don't mind any extra money at all. Yeah, um, but so Matt, the one of the protagonists of that first film, opened up a club in Fort Lauderdale, and you know he kept texting me like, "Everyone that comes to this club has seen your movie," and I was like, "It's become a hot commodity." He's like, "Well, why don't you come down and make a movie on this?" Uh-huh. So then I called Breaking Glass Pictures, wow. and I was like, "Hey, so if you're so happy with all male, all nude, what about a part two? And they were like, "We're in." So over the last, you know, starting well, great last partners, they are. For I, you. I love it. Well, like I think you, call, you, you you say ideas like it well, takes something it, I was thinking about three years ago. What about that? I know. Like, yep, we're doing it. <laughs> well, it takes it, it's not that easy. No, it I, takes a lot of lunches know, and pitch meetings. But the way you're telling and, it, it's like ah, yeah, yeah it's, it's work, and there's not a lot of no, financial it, reward in it. No, but. and right because when they say we're in, it's like uh huh, you're in for like what? Oh. Can you add a couple of zeros to that? You know, Which I mean, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. So I find money elsewhere. Yeah. But well, of course, but I always, I always you knew you're you're, you're uh, crafty that way. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, there was such interest in the first when I was pitching before all male all nude became a feature film. When I was still just pitching that as a reality show, there was a lot of interest. You know, it got optioned by companies and I would I would lose I would lose it for a year and then they wouldn't do anything for a year and I'd get it again and another company would option it for a year yeah and it would just be on the back shelf so finally when I had the ownership again is when I approached Breaking Glass great I was like I finally have the rights to this again they're like we want it that's Uh, probably the right way to do it because that's the kind of thing that could uh, get lost in development hell and then, and like, it did. God knows, oh, time and time again, what network would do with it. I mean, everyone's so fucking scared of gay content, yeah. and it's just like, okay, you know, like, so you did it the way you wanted to do it. Yeah, and so with when a I started, company that could get behind that, yeah, I like that. And they were behind it becoming a, a documentary series as well, but there just wasn't the money I needed for that to happen. But now, so there is, always maybe. in my, always now in my mind, is. yeah, there is, and now <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Nothing's. Oh, I'll make sure there is. Until I'm on set, it's not a done uh-huh. deal. Let's make but sure there during is. the whole time I was shooting All Male, All Nude Johnson's, which is the follow up to All Male, All Nude, sure. I was always like, okay, I'm shooting this to become a reality show. And so that was always kind of my. Yeah, so this is a pilot or. 
You know, this is you know this is a proof of concept. This is proof of yeah, yeah. concept. Yeah, this will this will be its own freestanding feature film. And it's a great proof but of it's concept certainly, because it's been so successful yeah. for them. You know, that's what that's what you need in a proof of concept. It's like, well, you know, you want to know if there's an audience for this? There, there is. is. Here it is. Yeah, here's the proof. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah it's, it's like, so crazy. You know, I, I'm I'm so proud of Daddy the yeah. film, and I'm so proud of my world. You know, my, that CSI world I was in for a while. But so many people will come up and be like, oh my God, I loved your film. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of that film. You know, we shot that in LA. They're like, I thought that was Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, you mean I'll mail on dude. I'm like, I'm like oh, oh, that's the film you love? The stripper I'm like, thing. Oh, I'm like, no. oh, we, we know you from, from what? I'm like, oh, CSI. They're like, no, it was... Uh, uh, <laughs> Like oh you saw no, and I have to, I have to, you saw I, hustling the web series yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and I have to tell this and I know I told you earlier so it's gonna be boring for you but I, well, CSI literally has been my life and being a workaholic kid that was geeky and just was terrified of any exams and tests and everything like I made myself sick like I got very skinny I was barely eating anything I wasn't sleeping and it, my mum, to save me, would be like, Georgie, we're going to watch an episode of CSI. we go downstairs, we watch CSI. Mm. At the end, it'd be like, directed by Jay Brooke, come on. Not like, directed thank by, you. Produced, not directed. Produced, yeah. sorry. And then, thank you, Jerry. And then I'd go back and then I'd kill myself <laughs> with my books and everything. So I am, I'm in awe and very honoured so to be in the Gerald, presence of a Gerald, CSI Gerald human. Gerald gave you some, some nice comfort and solace oh yes yeah, and escape yeah. from your yeah. stress I'm, I'm still alive at 31 well, <laughs> thanks to CSI so you're part yeah. of that <laughs> I'm honored it. I'll tell you what it was an amazing whirlwind to be part of that thing you know that started before we really had as much cell phone usage as we do before computers oh, before yeah, Facebook oh yeah 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 and uh yeah it was a that was 10 years of my life and it's amazing to be part of like a hugely successful franchise machine. Yeah, well, that, because of all that stuff, that's when shows first became global shows. Yeah, and you know, yeah, it just exactly. it had an outreach that no show before it had had. And to ride that wave was especially that when Bear City came my way and I was traveling around. Yeah, it was crazy to see, you know, the effect that the show I did had around the whole freaking world. And, and it still has it. It still has it. It still does, It yeah. still has it. I don't have a t- I don't um, have, like, I have a TV, but I, like, just watch, you know, Hulu and Netflix and whatever. Right. Most people cut the cord. But, um, I, I but haven't, yeah, now sure. I love it when I'm traveling. I have, like, actual channels and I flip through and I'm searching for CSI. It's, it's still, still on. on around the world it's all still the time. On and it's, yeah. it's, it's, those residuals it's, come in. Sometimes I am so it's, thankful for those residuals. <laughs> yeah. I am so sometimes thankful. Sometimes they're yeah, one seventeen. It's amazing. And sometimes and, um, they're more I'm, than I'm, that. It is very... I'm like... Sometimes they're seven cents. I try not to be like... like starstruck or anything but I also want to be like show someone when they've affected my life and like really like CSI was a big part of that's my, awesome. my that's existence very sweet. so I'm, very I'm sweet. very honoured to be chatting to you right now Aww, so, that's yeah, sweet. Yeah, so really but you were special. also talking about so you were on the film festival circuit with several things Daddy and then also the stripper movies um, well that then the stripper movies was after Daddy but okay so yes yeah, so no, I, I know right so but it put you on the film festival circuit and I think you were telling us a little yes. before that you became aware of this crisis. So yes, so happening. the other film I'm currently on is yes. another documentary. Yes. Um, that'll be my third feature documentary. But, so I traveled... Uh, it's a real change of pace. It is a change of pace. Get ready. Back up. <laughs> Finish that tequila. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Squeeze another lemon. Squeeze another lemon. More ice more and more um, lemon. More so lemon, I more traveled ice. around presenting Daddy at film festivals and premieres and doing press for about a year and a half. And I lived out of a suitcase for a year and a half. I was in at least two different airports every month oh for... God. The frequent flyer mileage. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, and so my last festival and screening was in Athens, Greece. So I was brought to Athens and I was like, I had been fucking traveling for a year and a half. I had, you know, it, it was amazing, but also exhausting. It can be exhausting. Sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're, there's so many parties and then you have to get up in four hours and do press and then go from party to party to party. It's, it sounds like a whirlwind and it is, but when it's a year and a half of it, it's exhausting. Okay. It you love it, but it's overwhelming. Like, liter- it's, literally yeah. like each, I've been to Cannes a number of times and also Toronto and Sundance, but like Cannes especially, like 
You sleep none at all. Like maybe you don't. Maybe three hours. Maybe and you go from fest to fest crash. to fest. You do the same interviews that have the same questions, and you have to sound just as excited with the first one you did exactly. as the one you've done a year and a half later. So when I got to Athens, and you probably at some point were like, I hate this movie so much. I don't ever want to talk. I about actually it never again. got. I never well, got to that point, point to which was always good. my point. Like I never want to get sick of watching this movie because I'm going to have to watch it so yeah, many fucking times. Good that you did it with stuff that you directed. Like sometimes you're in a movie as an actor, maybe if you're doing that festival circuit. Well, even you know, with Bear like, City, like I still enjoy watching that movie. Like I yeah. still. Like as a filmmaker, I learn a lot by watching a movie more than once. Because then you're not just you're not a blank slate with the story. You're really getting to watch. Like, oh, I see where they did that editing, or I yeah, see how they're, course, course. I see how they're getting you, around that expensive shot. And when or, you're doing so, like when you're like in the acting, not the, when you're directing and everything. But when you're acting, do you like watching? Like some people will like want to watch things back or watch the dailies and watch all that stuff. Are you, are you into that or not? Um, well, because I do not want to watch it because all I see is. I only look at the bad things. I'm like, oh god, I've got twelve chins again, or whatever. I'm do like, I, like I'm just critical of myself. So budget I don't wise, watch it and it budget wise, that's my... not really uh, doable sometimes. No, yeah, like, yeah. Daddy, but I mean, just if you had the choice, him. do you want to do you well, want like, to watch it? Does it help you or you? No, I choose rather... to just stay. I mean, as a director, yes, I need to watch. Yeah, of course. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. But as an actor, as do you an actor, I don't. I'd rather just not? stay in the world of the story. Exactly, and that's the thing. Do you have with trouble me. watching yourself? You know, because you did have to like, as I'm a daddy, fine. and like, you know, it's like yeah. I don't. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do I'm, have a problem aging in public. It's been really hard to watch <laughs> the whole world watch me get old. Like it's like you're doing is, it so well. well. You do. He's. We, we've mean, got a very uh, sexy silver fox right in front of us. So yeah. So when Daddy <laughs> finished its tour, and I was like, you know what, I need a break. So I was ending. The year and a half in Athens, Greece, which is an amazing place to end a year and a half tour, and I love Athens. Yeah, and so I decided to stay no, in Athens for a month. month. I stayed. I decided to stay for a month and just vacation. Oh wow! But once not I arrived, just in Athens, though. I was going to travel yeah, to the islands. The islands. And I mean, the, when I arrived, you know, jet lagged. Um, there were only two U.S. filmmakers that the festival brought over, so the U.S. Embassy threw a very nice luncheon for us. So jet lagged, I went to this luncheon. And began my education of a crisis that I had no idea existed. After the luncheon, people from the embassy and I went to the film festival and we went to a panel. The amazing thing about film festivals, as I said, is not only meeting the people whose stories are reflected in these movies or the people that made the movies, but also becoming aware of subjects you have nothing, no right. knowledge about. Sure. And yeah. the organizers of this festival had organized a panel, not with a film, but just a talkback panel with about five or six various lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender refugees from various Middle Eastern countries talking about the crisis that exists for LGBTQI refugees. That it, refugees are not just Syrian refugees running from war. These are people, male, female, transgender, that are running from their family murdering them because yeah. it's an honor killing to kill your son or daughter or your parent if you find out that they're gay. And, oh, they they wait, might what, throw them off Did you just say honor killing? Honor killing. Yeah. That, so like that, like even just that term makes me feel an, sick. An honor, honor killing. You're saying honor. That's not a. F you're. Honor. Your own it's not an honor family, in any way. Your own family, it's an honor yeah, or for the, them or to Or the religious community behind, you know, these are all Muslim the communities. And, and then get sick. stoned to death. And this is actually happening. It does happen. So these individuals have been on the run for... Right. It, the, their journeys are not only so sad and exhausting, but Greece. also very inspiring. Yeah. You know, they'll, they pay smugglers to get them out of their country. You know, they board a ship. They board a little... Uh, dinghy. Dinghy that's made for 20 people, and there's 100 people on it. Yeah. Oh. Many of the LGBT, especially transgender people, on these dinghies are thrown off because the same people they're running from that will stone them and murder them are the are same people that are on this little dinghy with them. And so then they get oh, they get to Greece and they can't oh. stay in the refugee camps where they'll get food and rations because they will be stoned to death or murdered or killed. And the people that run the camps ask them to please leave because they know the amount of you know, conflict they're about to bring into the camp, and they're all living on the streets of Athens. And no one knows about this. So I, after I saw, after I went to this panel, I met, I introduced myself to all these people and said, I'm a filmmaker, I'm here for a month, I have to cover your story. You the next to. day I went and bought a camera. The that. U.S. Embassy invited me to come to the U.S. Embassy, and they said, 
you, know, you can't bring your camera, but let's have a meeting. So I met with them. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Oh my yeah. god! We all and they gave me cards. They're like, they're like, here is an, you know, someone who runs an NGO, which is a non-government organization. Yeah. There are also NGOs that are people, non-government officials. They gave me like three or four cards. They said we've called all of them. They know you're in town. Please call them. I was like, well, I don't have international cell phone, so can I email them? You know, I mean, I really, uh, it was bare bones. I was like, I'm here to vacation, which didn't happen. So I yeah. took my very first meeting with a transgender refugee from Egypt whose story broke my heart. She spent six months in jail and watched the cops murder, kill her best friend with their hands in front of her face. They shattered her arm in four places. Her arm is totally beaten up. And she's made it. You know, she found, she sold, you know, and they're not just refugees. She had a business. She was an IT individual. She was a prominent business person in Egypt. And she was like, come with me. So we went to, you know, Greece is bankrupt. And there are many um, buildings that are foreclosed and empty. And that's where a lot of these people are living. They're all having to turn to the sex trade or the drug trade to support themselves. You know, it takes three or four years to go through the process of applying for asylum and to get accepted. And because a Syrian refugee, because a Syrian war and the refugees from the Syrian war are what are on everyone's mind right now, countries are basically accepting Syrian refugees and Syrian refugees only. There are also women. You know, there's female genitalia mutilation. And I mean, there are many problems in these Middle Eastern countries that people are running from for their lives. And I chose to focus on the LGBTQI refugees. Um, As I've traveled with them, some of them have gotten asylum status in Stockholm or in Berlin. I've charted their journeys. Some are still stuck in Greece, and they are literally stuck in Greece. They are living underground. And as I travel to these different countries and meet different politicians, no one is aware of this crisis. So I've been filming this in between all my other jobs. I go to Athens and I'll film for a week. Or someone will say, I've... I've found a way to get to Florence. I'm going. And because of Facebook and WhatsApp, we can stay in touch. So I'm like, I'll be there and I will find a way to fucking get to, you know, Florence and meet you. And sometimes it's just me and my camera. Um, So yeah, so I spent a month in Greece documenting this crisis that I had no idea even existed. I was like, what? We didn't have any a... idea until you... And I mean, it makes no, sense. I, I don't it think anyone that's listening... Because there is this refugee crisis, you know, with, with people fleeing, you know, There is, wars, and there's a huge stigma and... now. You know, we live... You know, we're in America. We're talking oh, from right. New York City. But having traveled, you know, as I said, as I learned in Athens, Greece, you know, in Greece... Golden Dawn is immigrants the, and especially refugees have been demonized. Yes, in, in a way that it's really unbelievable. And Golden Dawn is a you know is a neo-Nazi party that's part of the parliament. They are a, they are a in fifth Greece? of the parliament in Greece. Yeah, you know this Nazis. is it's happening in Germany. It's happening everywhere. It's happening here with the person that wants to say that they're our president. Yeah, um, well, he and there's such a stigma because because people aren't educated about who these refugees are and what are they running from. They're not just one thing. You know, the, the, they're the, individuals. They have they have nothing the else to but demonize, to run from home. Right. The ability to demonize the other in 2019, how successful Trump has been and how successful some of these It's always others. been successful. Bush did it too. Bush demonized against gay marriage. Oh, you're right. I know. That's how he won, was getting everyone to, like, because it's the unknown entity. You're right. So that's the easy... That is how people Hatred is power. the easiest thing to galvanize a population. That's very true. Find something to hate and get them behind that. And yeah. it's... I wish that our at, in this world of 2019 that we saw past that. If you look at history, history repeats itself. Just look. So what? What's, Hitler did the same thing. Uh, what's What's the stage of um, of stuck um, in Greece? Where, stuck where, in Greece. I've been filming for three right years. As I said, you know, my other projects, luckily, have momentum. So I, I kind of have to go yeah. where the momentum is. Yeah. But we have been fundraising for stuck in Greece for the last few months to try to move it into post production. I have to go back. Uh, some of I don't call, they're not my refugees, but some of the refugees that I've become close yeah, with that I've you're been following. That are, tr- yeah, that are in this film. Um, sadly, some have disappeared. Um, some some have some have been forced to go back to where they used to live and they've disappeared from that, and I assume that they're no longer part of this world. Right. Um, I'm sure that's true. But some ha- have been have very inspiring stories and journeys that have 
It's so got an asylum either girls. in Athens that choose to live outside of Athens and just come back. You know, you can get asylum in Athens, and as long as you come through, you know, your, with your passport once a year, you don't have to live there all year long. So they can go where they're more accepted. Because Athens, have as you I said, done any like crowdfunding for this? You have a website. I, I have not. Yes, yeah, stuck you? in Greece, the movie. Because we're just. I mean, I, like I, I will privately, you know, I'm talk complete. to people. About yes, there's about a lot. It. There's fundraising options on the website. Stuck so, in Greece, the film. I think I said the movie. I don't know. Is it the movie or the film? <laughs> Look on your computer. I, it's fine. We'll, no, we'll work it. We're gonna, we'll, we'll work put it, it out when we we'll put, put it in, in every okay. post. Yeah, yeah. So like when you see the description of it, we'll, yeah. So we'll the trailers online. There's a, the, everything it, I've talked about is online. It yeah. breaks my heart. Stuck in Greece, the film talk, is the website. Uh, that's yeah. We have uh, an amazing. Uh, just in, three months ago, you know, it's a slow process getting these things forward. Oh yeah. And just finding the right five hundred one c three to get behind this pro- project, as I burp was a journey and Outright Action International is an amazing worldwide organization that deals with LGBTQI refugees. Okay. They found this project, I found them, they are behind this 100%. So all donations are tax it's deductible. It's a charitable donation. Yes. It's amazing. Um, and they are behind, you know, they're really championing it. Yes. It's, you know, so it's, so, cause it's a great cause, you want to shine a light on it, and if people want to help. Yeah. You know they can they can give a donation to this thing yes. rather than and those are needed. Yeah. So yeah. So I'd still have one people. more round of travels to go okay. and follow up with everybody. Okay. Um, well, and I'll be I'll be in Athens next month. It's a, I, I know it very well. <laughs> well, luckily, you know, through my journeys, I have kind of you know skeleton crews and all these places around the world That's that amazing. they are just. Uh, through my film festival travels, you know, I'll, I'm like, oh, I got to go to Germany. Who do I know in Germany? Oh, I know this person, this person, this person. And but I, it's such, you know, it's people. Someone else might not have thought like, if if they if there was a concept like, all right, who are we gonna get to direct this thing? You know, like, you know, people might not have thought Gerald, um, you know, McCulloch. But very well said. You, yeah, you, you found. And do you know what's scary and about you created this this concept and this yeah. film? I love it. It's a, it seems like a little bit of a departure from the other work that you've been doing, but it's in keeping with with storytelling. I don't know. I mean, I think all my stories are about family. Yeah. Okay. Like, and I feel like this is this. This is a they're family. They're all the same. Yeah. But you know what's scary about this business we're in, and even even in L.A. Like yeah. after the first time I finished shooting, and I realized like I have something that no one knows about. I had a few meetings in L.A. You know, and people express a lot of interest. And then they kind of go behind your back and they take your story and they try to do it on their own. And I think that there are two that two people that are trying to do a documentary like this. Well, I hate that. But that I've, I mean, I don't mind saying this on yeah, yeah. here too because I'm like, I have all of our emails. <laughs> like, exactly. You can do, yeah, all you want to, but. It's like, I'm not unrepresented, babies. Yeah. I am represented um, by lawyers. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, you know, in my mind, the story should be king and everyone should galvanize behind that story. But some people find a story and they want to use that for their own advantage and say, yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll use I that just, to do what I want to do. I'm just but so you, happy you that you're... three years into this thing. And, you, I, like, you know, and you're you, also just raising awareness that this is something that... Yeah. I had, people should I know had about. Knowledge like, about I didn't know that this was really happening. You didn't know about happening. it until it you found out. It makes well, that's the, sense that it's happening. That's, because you do know... I mean, I knew about honor killings. And I knew about how people were treated it's my hope in finishing this film that this story will get out and people will realize that this is a worldwide crisis didn't yeah i didn't think about like the fact that of course these people have to flee and go somewhere and where are they going to and need their lives and when they arrive they have nothing when you get on that dinghy they take your backpack they take everything you are thrown over you know there's you're wet you arrive on the shores of greece with n-o-t-h-i-n-g nothing at all and if you are trans having nothing having no makeup Having no change of clothes is gigantic, and oh, you are yeah. so vulnerable, so extremely vulnerable. Right, um, it just makes me cry. I can't even talk. It's I it's, mean, it's crazy. Just, yeah. So I really do hope this story uh, helps. It's gonna finds, help. It's gonna help. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about it, and I I do you know I, I did come. <laughs> Uselessly, I came to a uh, fundraiser you had, for which was it. you know David and Mixner, the, who yeah. is such an iconic individual and. The history of civil rights, you know, he's Galvin, you know, he's stepped behind this project. I literally spoke was, at the event. It and, was during the Tribeca Film Festival. I was seeing another documentary about Woodstock, about you know, about uh-huh, your friend. Yeah. Well, it wasn't my documentary. It was someone else making another documentary about that. But anyway, I needed to go do that and meet with someone afterwards. 
I did make it for the tail end. You did, <laughs> uh, which I loved you being there. Um, no, and I. And and it was I, also the Pride kickoff. I mean, it was it was crazy, a lot but it was going a on, beautiful I, space, and I was so, so glad you came. And it actually led me to want to talk to you about it here, and and now that I kind of like have fully taken it in about what exactly what you're doing and how it you know the genesis of it and its stage right now, like I do want to try to do whatever I can to. To help you get it finished and out there. It's so important. It's such, you know, I, I, I think a lot of stories are important to, you know, that's why we tell the movies, that's why we make the movies we do and tell the stories we we tell. But sometimes something comes your way that no, that doesn't have a, any other voice and the responsibility. The you're telling, and especially, these don't you know, these refugees platform. that I'm friends with, you know, and they seeing what's happening. They don't have a voice. And they're and you're so dependent. They're so dependent on the story being told. And I'm like, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. So I really do hope that well, it's, um, gonna, you're it's gonna able to find its life. You will. Its you life. will. Yeah. You will. It, it's okay. By the wow. time this podcast is out, it will be released. <laughs> um, and yeah. now i got to pee after all that tequila. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I know, so, and at the beginning of this podcast, he was like, how long is it? And we're like, an hour. And he was like, oh, God. And like, now we've managed to go it. over that hour without even thinking about it. We a little it. bit did. Because we love you. Gerald, thank you so much You're amazing. for coming. Thank, thank you for having me. Really really love it was an honor and for the tequila. Yes, all of that. They oh, learned how to make tequila tonight. Hard <laughs> G style. They learned about the refugee crisis. We did. It's been DaddyTheMovie.com It's been a journey. Is one of the places to go to. AllMaleAllNude.com is another mm-hmm. place to go to. And it's Breaking Glass. Breaking Glass Pictures is my distributor. Yes. Um, so they, they, my website they, they is have... Gerald.biz. Gerald.biz. On Twitter, because I'm Gerald, not Gerald, I'm It's a Hard G. Okay. And on Instagram, I'm Gerald McCulloch. And from all those places, you can find all the things I've talked about. Yes, and we will put Thank all you. of your social media and links and things in the announcements of the episode. And everything. That's awesome. And I'm so excited because now I can put the air conditioning on. Woo! We love you all. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. Thank you. Thank-